With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another edition, a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Quad boxing it today, as you can see, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, and our recruiting specialist, not Alvin Hollins, but it's Marcus Green. <laughs> How you doing, Marcus? We'll get that. We'll I'm get doing that well. Everybody else got to be. Yeah, you're a Hall of Famer right now, Marcus, in our eyes, so... uh <laughs> Our producer will get that squared away there and, and get you the right title so everybody knows who you are. Although, you know, nothing wrong with being Alvin Hollins. I mean, you know, there's many great things nothing that man in the did. World. How you doing, Kelvin? Doing well, man. Feeling good. Feeling energized, man. It's a signing day and some really big news across the HBC landscape. Can't wait to get into it. Well said. You look like you're in the uh, festive holiday spirit. And uh, Kofi Hemingway sporting that that new LeBron James gear. How how's that fit? How's the fit on the new gear, Kofi? How you doing? I love, I love it, man. I love it. Let's rock and roll, buddy. I went up to uh, Dick Sporting Goods. They had a ton of stuff, man. I was like, my God, they about to make me have to come out my wallet and do some stuff. But absolutely, man, it fits good. Do they have appropriate sizes for grown folks, big grown folks? Um, they do. I think if you want to get an extra, like a three X and up, you have to go online. All right. All right. So Dick sporting good where the uh, LeBron James gear is. And, uh, that's uh great timing for that. Uh, we, we were talking about that as one of those things that, uh, we wanted to kind of see happen. Uh, so, uh, fellas, uh, let me get a little bit of the pre Roll stuff out of the way. Of course, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. We're a part of the Black College Sports Network. And uh, so this little sliver of what we do, we primarily focus on FAMU athletics. But anything related to FAMU athletics, uh, around our programs, athletes, coaches, of course, members of the SWAC. So obviously talking about the SWAC and everything going on in the SWAC is always big. The premier uh, HBCU conference of note right now, I should say. And uh, look, we're we're on Twitter, uh, of course, uh, as mentioned, but you can also find us everywhere. 
those of us, those of you watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. My JBN One is where you can find us if you're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and go ahead and give us a like. But we're more than just a YouTube show. You can find us everywhere. You can find us on the internet, MyBCSN1 on the website. You can find us on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. Just go to your Google or Apple Play Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can find us. We're even on Facebook as well. So we are everywhere. One-stop shop doing it all uh, for, uh, for FAMU. So it's early National Signing Day. And so that's what, of course, we bring in Marcus. Uh, and uh, so we get into a lot of the news surrounding FAMU football. Uh, coming up a little later in the show, we'll get a chance to talk with uh, one of our alums, our illustrious former Rattlers, an NFL alum as well. Wally Williams will be coming in and joining us. Uh, we'll kind of do a Q&A with him about the program, about recruiting, so many different uh, avenues we can travel down. And then a little bit later in the second hour, we will definitely get into deep talk with Marcus on some of these newest recruits. And then uh, we are planning to have a conversation with Coach Willie Simmons a little bit later in the uh, bottom half of the second hour. So I know he's doing some family commitments right now. So uh, once all of that is done, uh, he's told us that he will come out and join us. So uh, shout out to everybody on uh, on social media. So uh, Calvin, what what's going on today? Any big news happening in HBC, in the HBC landscape? What's going on out there today? <laughs> We have some um, PWC fans who are losing their minds in Tallahassee, man. They're burning jerseys, man. They, 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 they you know, their favorite player is not their favorite player anymore, man. It's it's hilarious, honestly, man. But, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, a commit, uh, number one commit in the uh, country has been committed to Florida State pretty much the whole year. And it's his dream school. He's talking about it. Uh, from Swanee, Georgia, and he searched, he shocked the world. He actually he had taken a visit. I think it was an unofficial visit, actually, though. Mm-hmm. But he had taken a visit about a, I think it was about a month, month and a half ago. Um, and everybody thought, you know, this five star kid, uh, DB, that he would, uh, he had been, you know, he had he he had actually refused visits to other um, Power Five programs. Um, so everybody thought he was going to Florida State, and he chose uh, Jackson State. And I thought he was quite elegant in um, explaining his decision and so forth. And um, it's a win for HBCUs. Props to uh, Dion and JSU. That, that that's big. Is I've, I've seen ESPN uh, series has uh, been on every show. One of the leads is all over the um, social media. Um, it's a big splash, and it's a it's a big opportunity. HBCUs because there were some other significant signings too with other universities and and how we go to the next level now is that now, now that these kids are considering us and will come is how we treat them and how we develop them so that they can still earn their money. And and, and I'm, I'm glad we started with you because being that you're right there in Tallahassee and CNN, I, I, all I saw was the video that uh, young Mr. Hunter did at school, um, which uh, I, I don't know. I didn't hear 
any of the comments about you know why he chose Jackson State. Are, are you referring to what he uh, what he wrote on his uh, uh, what was it on his Instagram or, or Facebook? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, yes. I mean, he he essentially was just uh, you know saying that uh, you know that uh, you know athletes of of his caliber can um, go to uh, non PWCs HBCUs and um, still uh, live out their dreams, but you know uh, have a different experience, right? Uh, and change the game essentially, right? You know. Back in the day, you know, this was the norm, right? Uh, prior to uh, integration and kids being able to, uh, the, where the PwC started recruiting, the best athletes always came to HBCUs. Was why we have so many uh, senior Hall of Famers and so forth. So uh, the the tr- the door is open again. It's cracked open. Kids are listening. They're coming. They're committing. Don't forget now, fam, you. Had the number one recruit come to our campus. He was actually, uh, and he's expected to be the number one draft pick uh, in the NFL potentially. Uh, Dibido, who uh, was DN at uh, Oregon, uh, coming from cross country, he uh, he was a California kid, but uh, he did also uh, he was on official visit to Florida State. He did an unofficial visit to us and um, gave us a lot of hype, a lot of props, and so forth. So, so kids are kids are listening. They and they 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 they're consider they, they will consider coming home. So this this is a great time to be fans of H, HBCU sports. And that's same with the pro, high profile coaches. You know, you got NFL coaches now considering it. And it's not about the money. It's more as Dion always says, it's calling and so forth. And and there seems to be some commitment to that now. So. Uh, yeah. I'm optimistic, man. I, I like what I'm saying. Kofi, what's your uh, some of your takeaways on the uh, on the impact and uh, some of the uh, the interesting banter that we've seen of young Mr. Travis Hunter making his flip? Well, I mean, the impact is obviously huge because it it uh, gives further <laughs> credence and confirmation that HBCUs are a viable option for high-level athletes. Um, in addition, though, I think that it's also showing the heart of, uh, quote-unquote, Florida State fans and other PWI institutions and why you shouldn't go <laughs> to one of those schools. Because just as quickly as they cheered for Dion all of those years, they're now burning his jersey. You know, they're now ready to lynch the man. I'm like, come on, people. Like, <laughs> you, you're going to win some. You're going to lose some. And you also had an opportunity to hire Deion Sanders, and you chose not to. So, yep. you know, huh? Yeah, you had an opportunity no, I was, to hire Deion Sanders a few years ago, and you chose not to. You chose to go another route, regardless of <laughs> what your theory was behind that. Uh, this was definitely an opportunity uh, for Florida State to take a step forward. They didn't, and now they're seeing the fruit of their wrong decision. You know, um, to win football games, you need good, solid coaches, but you also need somebody that has the ability and wherewithal to be able to attract uh, 
four and five star athletes on a consistent basis uh, with your resources. And uh, that used to be the case. And that's not always, you know, whether you have four and five sets, it's not the only reason why you win games. You have to have an infrastructure. You have to have a plan. You have to have a number of different things to be able to uh, win football games. But having Jimmys and Joes help your X's and O's. So this is a big deal for us because quiet as it's kept. I mean, FAMU is going after five stars. Uh, Cornell Maynard. Uh, talk this trash, but he is going after five stars. Dancy is going after five stars. Hugh Jackson is going after four and five stars. It's it's on and popping with, with the HBCUs. Sims Eddie is going George. after four and five stars. And uh, if Prairie View makes the right hire, buddy, I'm pretty sure that dude's going to be going after four and five stars right there in the heart, deep in the heart of Texas. So it's a big deal for us. Uh, I saw South Carolina State had um, a high-level running back to choose their school. And so that's a big deal, man. It's a big deal for us. This is a – this is HBCUs are definitely trending up, and I'm excited about it. Hey, Marcus, uh, as it relates to FAMU and this move by Travis Hunter, what have you seen in terms of the the uptick in interest and and just in terms of – you know, I know we're going to get into talking about the specifics of FAMU, but um, wh- what have you seen out in the recruiting space uh, as it relates to Hunter and, and his move? And just some things that I think you noted as well when we were talking before the show about about how a lot of guys are uh, uh, current players are even, you know, pushing for recruits and letting guys know that, hey, if you want to make a difference, come make a difference here. Um yeah, so uh, just what are your thoughts? Uh, as far as today, I mean, we see a lot of, of course, um, HBCU supporters and family supporters and Jackson State supporters really reveling in uh, Travis Hunter making the decision today and what it could mean not only in the short term but in the long term. Uh, what we talked about before, now FAMU and some of the HBCUs are not, are not uh, averse and have been making offers to five-star and four-star players in years past. And Coach Simmons has made those offers uh, as recently as last year and two years ago when actually the offer to um, um, Kayvon Thibodeau was made by the previous coaching staff, but he came through in summer 2019 when Willie Simmons had taken the mantle. But as far as offering four and five stars, it's nothing new. Uh, With the newness of it is someone actually taking an HBCU up on the offer on the first first go round and not as a bounce back or a transfer. So hopefully that bodes well for us going forward because we still have some things out there for five stars who may not have committed or some who went to their original school and were offered within the 2020 or 2021 recruiting and have now jumped transfer portal. I'm hoping that Mr. Hunter's decision also greases the skids and makes it a little easier to be that first. And Kayvon has to be that first uh, two years ago and you know he made a business decision literally and figuratively to go out to Oregon but now Travis Hunter is now uh, under the auspices of, of, of Dion's leadership at Jackson State has now been that first five-star top recruit in from football who's gone to an HBCU and kind of following in the same footsteps of McCourt Maker uh, I guess last year a year and a half ago going to Howard even though they didn't play they got uh, 
canceled due to the COVID, but just seeing those type of things come through, hopefully this is not a trickle, but the start of opening the faucet. And a uh, couple of the things, you know, I also wanted to say, I mean, Dion is very savvy when it comes to the business of college athletics. And then also I want to say just business period. So understanding how the NIL works and being able to work uh, some things in, in uh, his player's favor is a big deal. And uh, it's a huge deal. And it cannot be underestimated. And all HBCU coaches need to be, I want to say, aware of how this thing works. Even if you don't, somebody on your staff needs to understand. Because yes. it's a huge deal. You're talking about not just hundreds of dollars, not just thousands of dollars, but potentially millions. Yeah. And to that point, Kofi, uh, when I first got wind of this morning, as I saw it as a retweet from one of our many HBCU news outlets. And when I saw it coming, one thing I, I don't know how to do. I'm not technology savvy enough to start editing videos. And you see people put other people's heads on stuff. But it brought to mind that video in Jaws and the original movie when they were on the boat and the guy was throwing out chum in the water and then Jaws came up and he saw him and he backed up and he told the captain, we going to need a bigger boat. Absolutely. Swack, all the other teams besides Jackson State, we going to need a bigger boat. We're going to have to come, we're gonna have to come through. We're going to have to come through with recruiting. And Dion, oh, Coach Prime, has the connections from 15, 20 years in media, multimedia industry to be able to make connections to get deals like the Barstool deal that he got and also the suit deal that Antoine Owens, who was a homeboy from Tallahassee, who transferred from Georgia Tech to Jackson State last year. He has the connections with the Michael Strahan's to not just be about, not just talk about it, but be about it. So we're going to have to be about it. So all these deals that we have with the NLI companies to look for deals, we're going to have to start kicking them in the butt and say, okay, what are you finding in order for us to compete? Uh, you mentioned that just a second there, Marcus. The, one, of the, one of the big things that came out after the flip was a lot of people's assumption that uh, – well, you know, where's the money? You know, where, where's the money that uh, is behind this deal? And, um, you know, I, as if that would be the only reason why Travis Hunter would come to Jackson State. But uh, a story did come out or a, a tweet did come out stating that uh, Barstool Sports and Penn National Gaming uh, had reached a deal with Travis Hunter uh, rumored to be in the millions. Now, mm -hmm. of course, we understand Dion's association with Barstool. Barstool, I believe, has their own gaming or gambling uh, ventures that they do. I, I So I don't know. I've been scurrying. I don't know if uh, Kelvin or Kofi, if you guys have found or seen anything in relation to this. But one of the things that did come up is the difference in NIL laws in Mississippi versus Florida, for example. And uh, uh, it was brought to my attention that in, for example, Mississippi, a deal like, I don't know how soon into a recruiting process can you put a deal like this in place to entice a student. Uh, 
versus Florida. Uh, seems to be a thought that in Mississippi that coaches can actually um, do some pre-work in the NIL process in order to help entice a, a recruit versus where in Florida you probably have to wait until maybe he's on campus or a a, uh, a registered student. But that's just some of the things that came out of this. But, but again, to all of this, I personally say that's how the big boys are rolling it. That's probably how Texas is doing. I know Texas has changed laws recently with NIL. So, hey, what was good for them was good for the goose. Let it be good for the gander, I sort of say, right? Um, any any thoughts there on the enticement with the NIL process and how that changes the game, Kelvin? Uh, absolutely. Um, I've seen a, a post from a, what I'm going to call a hater, a PWC <laughs> person who's already uh, – Introduce that angle and talk and 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 the post implied that maybe he he sent something to uh, someone that sent something to the NCAA to look at that bar stupid deal and um and, and anticipate uh, action. So I will say this: Dion knows how the game is played. He has the relationships. He's leveraging it. He's playing their game. I love it. Again, no no beat from me, but they coming. <laughs> They're going to try to slander it. Yeah, one quick thing. quote. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get a little deep for a minute. We all know um, that when things like this happen and, and we it seem like we're catching up, they change the rules. So you can definitely expect the, the, the uh, NIL, the, uh, you know, right now it's state to state. Uh, the NCAA hadn't really touched it. Uh, and, uh, and you better believe that uh, from they already was talking about the, the early recruiting calendar and how it was impacted, impacting coaches uh, um, getting terminated and so forth. And actually, I think that might impact the Florida State with a couple of recruits because, you know, they had an office coordinator who headed the Oregon and a defense coordinator just shortly ago uh, uh, where the defense linebacker coach just uh, within the last week went to uh, – um, a Big Ten school, no Virginia Tech, I think it was, as the, these defense coordinators elevated Randon Shannon. So they had a lot of staff changes also within the last week. And so they missed out on some legacies like Marvin Jones uh, Jr. Uh, from Plantation. He signed with Georgia. And um, um, Brad Johnson kids were transferred with the, 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 um, the son who started for uh, LSU at quarterback. Uh, so, you know, even though they still got a, a decent class, but my point still being that you better believe that, uh, the PWCs ain't gonna let, you know, ain't gonna let things stay. The Take way this line they, down. They, 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 they're going to change the rules. And if, if they can drill a muddy, muddy, this whole thing with this, uh, number one recruit, they're going to, they already made the man when he went from number one recruit to number two recruit. I wonder what he'll be tomorrow. Right. Well, that that was ESPN. Yeah. For some reason, he's number one on twenty four seven, number two on ESPN. But I I noticed that yeah. too. All of a sudden, you know, uh, and I <laughs> they already made the man number two. Kofi, thought thoughts on NIL and how that's going to impact uh, the recruiting cycle. Well, <laughs> Florida NIL bill introduced hours after Florida State loses top recruit. 
this just hit the uh <laughs> really, really, this just hit the wire. The again. bill repeat that again. There's a new Florida bill that would allow schools to facilitate NIL deals. The bill, which was which was filed hours after Florida State lost its top recruit to Jackson State, would strike language that prohibited schools from causing compensation to be directed to athletes. Chip LaMarca wants to clear the air once and for all. LaMarca, the 53-year-old Florida State representative, filed a new bill Wednesday to amend the state's name, image, and likeness law, making it easier for the Sunshine State schools to facilitate NIL deals for their athletes. But it did not come as a response, he says, to Florida State losing a high-profile recruit to Jackson State and one of the biggest stunners of National Signing Day. The timing was just coincidental. Right. Yeah. Look, and, and you know what's interesting is, so the, the, the variety and the difference of the NIL laws in state-to-state state is crazy because let's go, for example, um, and, and one of the guys in the chat, I, I forgot, uh, I saw the name pop up there, so shout out to... Uh, uh, to to uh, the chat room for this, but the Clarion Ledger has um, dropped an article maybe about an hour ago. No, let me see, maybe 20 minutes ago, uh, where they're saying that there's a source that says the Hunter uh, Flip does not have NIL deal in place with Barstool. Now, this contradicts, obviously, what was out there, you even had Adam Schefter. No, 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 take that's not Adam Schefter. See, this is how people get people get fooled. This is like a fake Adam Schefter account tweets out that says breaking Travis Hunter NIL deal with Barstool to be worth 1.5 million. That's not Adam Schefter. That's Adam Shafter. You know, Shafter. You know, people getting fooled. You gotta pay attention on Twitter, folks. You have to pay attention on Twitter because random people just start throwing up stuff on recruiting days like this, and then it leads you down the rabbit hole of misinformation. But um, I'll just read this one paragraph. Jackson State source speaking to the Clarion Ledger on condition of anonymity because they are not authorized to discuss this matter, called the speculation unequivocally not true after a tweet from a fake account (laughs) parroting ESPN reporter Adam Schefter said, Hunter had reached a $1.5 million deal. Now, Hunter's from Georgia, right? With the Collins Hill High School, which is, uh, what do you say, out there in Swanee, Georgia, Marcus? Uh, it's North yeah, Atlanta. Think, yeah, North of Atlanta. North, I think Kelvin said it. Yeah, what I was saying is when I grew up, Swanee wasn't exactly where folks like me were going to go. But that's like 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> right. It's well, changed. I used I'm, to live up there. I lived in Beaufort. It is is a very family oriented Collins Hill is not a um an old school per se um by the stretch of the imagination but it's a nice area it's a very nice area it's a very family oriented area and you know it is what it is now, I think people go ahead well what I, what I was going to say is that the thing about trying to establish the differences in the NIL laws Georgia has a law in place that uh, Hunter's unable to profit on NIL unless he is enrolled in college. Now, this is according to the Clarion Ledger. But again, 
he's not going to a school in Georgia. Even if he's a resident of Georgia, does that matter? Can he be a, can he, you know, essentially if he's enrolled in school in Mississippi, can he take advantage of NIL? Even though, guess who's probably his dependent? He's probably a dependent. So that fa- there's all kinds of things. You know what? We got to find somebody who's well-versed in NIL to sort of break this down. And, I mean, those those people are out there, and, and those people can make a, are, are making a, probably a little bit of nice money on consulting fees. Uh, so if, if we have anybody out there watching that has some expertise in the NIL laws, we'd love to bring you on and kind of talk about NIL laws of various state to state. But it will bring up the conversation of does there need to be sort of uh, standardized rules across the state? And this is why the NCAA backed out of it because because it's so it's so much a wild wild west legal. You, you, yeah, there's yes, so many yes. tentacles to this thing trying to get a universal ruling. That's why they kind of they just threw their hands up and just said like states y'all handle it because it was just opening. Can't even get universal health care. We want to try to make universal nil. What the hell? Come on now. Um, the other thing is the other thing is is Hunter gonna enroll early? Because if you remember a year ago. A five-star QB out of Texas apparently, you know, skipped his senior year, reclassified a yes. year early, went to Ohio State, enrolled in January of 2021, and he apparently got like a million-dollar um, NIL deal, and he's in the portal now, and he, I think he's on his way to Texas, University mm-hmm. of yes. Texas. But yeah. he enrolled early, so I don't know if that early enrollment, based on either your home state's laws or your the state of residency for your university to which you're going to play. If once you become a college student, that's when the money can start rolling in. So is Hunter going to enroll early at Jackson state, not only from the benefit that we would expect pre NIL where he could get a head start in spring practice and perhaps even start in the fall. But now the clock starts ticking on his NIL deal. So can he start getting checks cut January 3rd or whenever he enrolls in school? Wow. Uh, a lot to break down. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more to come. Um, Marcus is going to come back and join us at the top of the second hour. We're going to get into the uh, the crop of FAMU recruits uh, that have already signed, those who are on the watch and wait list. And then uh, we'll have uh, Coach Simmons on a little bit later in the show. But coming up after the break, uh, FAMU and NFL alum Wally Williams will be coming in and joining us. We'll kind of do a Q&A with the uh, former Rattler uh, after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's like a loot machine. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf in every aisle will be black owned and black produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 billion if we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020, but we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston, and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19, 2021. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. No intro, no intro. Uh, hey, come on, producer. I love my love my producer. You know, he just back on the screen. Here we go. I, I love my <laughs> love my guys. Love my guys. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, Marcus Green, back with us uh, as we await um, Wally Williams uh, scheduled to come in and join us. Uh, let, let's kind of talk a little bit about while we're waiting here. 
let's get into just some of the just come some of the names, Marcus. Uh, we'll get into obviously a little bit deep diving here, but uh, let's get into some of the names that the numbers of FAMU's signings, early signings, and, and tell us what's the number looking like as of right now, this uh, at this point in the evening. Right now, we have six signees that were confirmed. So we have a pretty good mix. It looks like, um, based on what we talked about last week, if you recall, the number of upperclassmen that we have, especially in the offensive line, it looks like we're doing a lot to bolster and restock there. We have two commitments or two signees from junior colleges and one from high school. Uh, we do have one linebacker who uh, is a JUCO linebacker. We have a quarterback who is an FBS transfer. And uh, there's one more I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. D-line. Mm-hmm. Yes, the defensive lineman who is a transfer from Abilene Christian, and I believe that's FCS level. So we do yeah. have a transfer defensive lineman. So we have six so far, and I don't know if – you know, to what degree we're anticipating. So I'm kind of glad I didn't make a, a soda bet last week or I would have lost out, or I guess I would have been middle of the pack. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how things go. But, you know, I wasn't sure because last year we only had like one or two people that signed early day or commitments. We got an earlier signing day, so I didn't know if we were going to follow that pattern. But it just blew up this year. And, you know, hopefully, you know, there's some more people – that are either forthcoming this evening or even some bigger surprises in February. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely find it interesting. Obviously when you, when you look at the, the power five programs, when you start hearing the numbers that they've got 24, 25 uh, players already signed, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I, I think 10, I think being close to 10 for, for HBCUs at the FCS level seems very realistic, um, which is why I kind of threw that number out and just kind of going off some of the things and from the teams I've seen, um, you know, I was hopeful that we get to 10 and six is good. You know, now the question is, you know, in pointing out the guys that of the six, I think all of them are either JUCO or transfers, correct? There's one high oh, schooler, yeah. uh, TJ, one high TJ Dimas. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. So if he's watching, please, please forgive me and send me a correction. But he's a, a offensive lineman out of, I think, Clearwater Central Catholic. And But everyone else is either JUCO or FBS transfer. Or, or, or a transfer, not FBS, but FCS or FBS. Let, let's talk about the quarterback recruit, because I know that's what gets people salivating. Um oh, yeah. Jeremy, and I, and I again hope I'm saying the name right. Um, Musa, M O U S S A. Hope I'm saying that right. He's a class of, uh, let's see, he's a senior just coming out of Vanderbilt. Um, I believe he, he, on his Twitter handle, he's got that he's an alum of Vanderbilt. So uh, he spent the past two seasons at Vanderbilt, his uh, junior year, which was 2020. Um, then this past year, uh, he was hoping to see some time on the field. Didn't quite work out 
as he had hoped. Uh, Vanderbilt did not have the kind of season. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think they when he left or declared that he was in the transfer portal. I think he was about two and seven. Uh, but he's six three, two twenty five, from Chino Hills, California. Um, before transferring to Vanderbilt, he was leading San Bernardino Valley College to a nine and two record and a twenty nineteen conference title. He was the co offensive player of the year in nine games as a starter out there. He threw three hundred and fifty three passing yards per game, thirty seven touchdowns. Uh, his very first start at San Bernardino Valley College, he threw for 636 yards and seven touchdowns. So um, he signed He signed with the Hawaii. He signed with Hawaii University out of high school uh, before leaving that program in 2018. So I would say, by, by my guess, he's a uh, class of 2018. 28. Yeah, 2018. And I believe, you know, based on the information you found, you know, we found similar info that um, he only played maybe four games at the FBS level, two at Hawaii's freshman year, redshirt year, and then two at Vanderbilt after he transferred from the JUCO. So he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. And it looks as though it's just a matter of, you know, a stacked QB room and and reading the room and saying, hey, I'm not going to get playing time and the clock is ticking. Because usually, you know, with that many moves, you smart, you might start to get a little suspicious, like, eh, what's going on? But I think it's a matter of opportunity and him just being in, stacked behind other folks and or maybe even coaching changes or changing in philosophy, and it just didn't work out. At least it didn't work out in those previous stops. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, go ahead, Kevin. One thing interesting about that particular um, player – uh, he was three star coming out, and he's a pro style quarterback. He's not an RPO guy, uh, at least not by trade. So I find that kind of interesting, uh, and 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 we'll see how that fits with uh, the quarterback competition and what we have going right now. And and the other question is, you know, early signing goes from today through Friday. It's three days, so. There may be additions, and there may be other, maybe another quarterback in the midst. Who knows? So we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. And to that um, point, um, we've made a couple of other offers even today uh, for some transfers. So you know the the pot is still hot, and I don't know if they would be willing and able to sign between now and Friday, or if they're laying groundwork for uh, further recruiting interest and conversations up through February. But we did make some offers today to a couple of transfers as well, not quarterbacks, a wide receiver and a safety. The, uh, I, I think what I, what, I, what I like about his file, and, and a lot of this I'm reading off the Vanderbilt website, is that he, uh, you know, coming out of Eleanor Roosevelt High School, uh, out that way, is that he broke every. Now I don't know what the what the tree of quarterbacks are out there in California, but he broke every passing record at that school, uh, through ninety touchdowns, seven thousand passing yards as a two year starting quarterback in California. 
Uh, then, of course, well-documented what he did at San Bernardino Valley College. So, you know, he comes in. I would, I would imagine that he'll come in with probably uh, looking for graduate school opportunities and have probably two years of uh, playing under him. I mean, I, I can't imagine you obviously had the COVID year and then you have a grad year. Um, so I would imagine he's got about two years. <coughs> under him. Um, so I, that's uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Kofi, on just uh, the quarterback signing? You, you seem to hint that there might be some others. I mean, uh, obviously the competition will be, uh, it will be what it's going to be. Uh, it, it's always the talking point in spring practice. But uh, what are your thoughts on the signing or I guess the recruitment of uh, Musa, I think it's obviously a, a good thing. And, you know, I, I knew that the staff was not going to necessarily stand pat because they are firm believers in how competition shapes one's ability to produce. The more competition you have, the sharper you have to be. You don't have days off. You've got to focus all the time. And uh, the culture of the locker room has been a good one. It's not toxic to the point where people are trying to sabotage one another's uh, career. These guys really want to win. That being said, um, you know, McKay's still going to be very difficult to beat out. McKay's still going to have a leg up. He's uh, He's been in the system the longest. He knows the playbook. He knows the players. He's recognized as a leader. He knows what he's doing. So whoever the staff brings in is going to have to earn the right to be up under center, which is actually a good thing. And you still have Maritobic. You still have uh, Jacory, who's coming through the ranks as well. So you didn't it's say a sap. good quarter. What? You didn't say Sap. Oh, well, Sap is in there as well. Don't cry about it. I mean, you know, <laughs> Sap is in there. Well, I, I, was just, I was just bringing up the fact that you, you didn't mention his name. I mean, you know something we don't know? I mean, you you know. I'm no, no, no. I wasn't implying that he wasn't there. I just didn't mention his name. He's not – I don't think he's going anywhere. He hadn't, you know, stated that he's going anywhere. But that he also is a viable candidate for the starting position. You know, he also knows the playbook and has been there. But, you know, at the same time, you know, having had an opportunity to watch him play this year, um, you know, that's a good, solid quarterback room. And it's going to be very difficult for anybody. I don't care, you know, unless you, you know, no matter how many stars you have by your name, you're going to have to earn the right to be up under center or be in the shotgun position to lead this 2022 edition of the Mighty Rattlers. So, yeah, there are, you know, it's reported that we do have some more offers out there regarding QBs. Uh, I'm not sure who that offer is to, but uh, I know they're not going to stand pat, and they're continuing to try. The good thing about this staff is they're going to continue to try to get better. They're going to continue to try to improve the roster. They're going to continue to try to be more athletic and oh. more dynamic and uh, increase the length. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this 2022 <laughs> edition. I mean, 
Marcus sounds like gotta, he just came across some great news. Miles Jackson that's out there as well that played for UCLA. And uh, we sent an offer out there to him as well. So these guys are busy. Yep, that's what I was just commenting on. That linebacker, and actually, if you think, well, I want to say you think about it. The three offers that we've put out today, because I think Miles Jackson is from the ATL area too. The three transfer He's from Mill offers Creek, that which we put, is, uh, yeah, we put out there were are players from um, level schools who all have ATL area. And actually, uh, Jackson State offered them the other day, but it sounds as though that Jackson, I don't know how, how big their linebacker happens to be, but they can't get, get everybody. Yeah, no, you can't get everybody. <laughs> they can, they can damn sure try, but you can't get everybody. Um, let's do this. Let's take a short break, come back, get into a little more recruiting talk. Also, a big game's coming up this Saturday. Uh, FAMU happens to be one of the few opponents that have played both of the participants of this year's Celebration Bowl. So we'll kind of talk a little bit about that uh, contest and uh, what – the impact of that game, which is a sellout, uh, mean to the future for everybody. Uh, you're watching it's the ONG sellout of the bottom bowl. We're, we're, we're watching. <laughs> Shut up. It's a sellout of the bottom bowl. It's a sellout of the available tickets. Period. Leave it alone. <laughs> you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Bishop and Neely, they follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. Three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown, field goal. That's how good this defense is. And whoa, they are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to have to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. Trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. We appreciate that we trust. appreciate that. Much love, baby.
Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Rozier, our recruiting specialist, Marcus Green in the house as we've been deep diving into the uh, national early national signing day, big day for HBCUs as the number one recruit in the country. Flipped from uh, Power 5 at Florida State to take his talents to Jackson State. Um, I'm just curious, you guys, you know, I, I know – that there's a lot of things, a lot of positives going on with FAMU. I know we're doing a lot of great things. I'm just from your, the the people you guys are uh, connected with, I'm curious, you know, we're not getting, we're not uh, sort of say we're we're hitting a lot of singles. You know, we're we're having some good at-bats here on recruiting day, but it still feels like a bit of a kick in the, kick in the uh, kahunas. The fact that, you know, on this week is bad enough we got to deal with all of the Jackson State Celebration Bowl hype. Uh, but then, you know, the way that they're winning today in recruiting, uh, what, what's, what's, how's Rattler Nation taking this? What, what are you guys hearing? What are you guys seeing? Well, I think we understand, A, we've got a good squad. We only lost by one point. And at the same time, if you look at how we did last year, we had uh, recruits begin to trickle in as late as the summer um, that they felt like would be a good fit. Uh, And we ended up with a good mix of players that made us super competitive in the fall. And uh, we were able to put a solid product out there on the field. And I expect the same in 2022. I mean, Coach Simmons is a, a a strong competitor. He does not like to lose. And, you know, he might not be boisterous, as boisterous, and, or as um, I want to say uh, Deion Sanders is. You know, tigers tend to roar. But rattlers are ambush predators. So we have no problem in lying in wait, you know, in chill mode until we get the one that we want. And then we get the one that we want, then we strike. Not that we didn't want. Sometimes, you know, we we swung and we missed, and they chose to go another route. But, you know, there's always, uh, with the way the transfer portal is right now, uh, there's still a whole lot of opportunity out there for uh, for FAMU to be uh, better than ever. And I put it like that. Well, and, I, and I'll just add uh Coach Simmons typically, I, I love his approach. He's strategic, right? We have a lot of skilled people coming back. We loaded that running back and wide receiver. Um, we got pass edge rushers. We got a bunch of DB corners coming back. Where our positions of need was on the offensive line, where we lost three, we losing three starters and a, and a little depth there, and uh, we lost Savion. So we we got a JUCO, a D lineman coming in that. 
uh, looked to fill that void, and then we lost safeties and linebackers. And so we uh, have a couple of offers there. Um, and as Kobe pointed out, uh, we really recruited throughout the season from early signing period to regular signing period to, to the summer. And the, 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 the proof is in the pudding. The guys that we brought in, they were significant for this team. They started, they played, or they played significant, significant minutes. So, um, whereas, you know, you had some guys that, you know, that, that Jackson State brought in, they never touched the field. Um, they got one four-star who came straight out of high school who's committed to Florida who's in the pro portal right now. So, you know, I trust our coaches and, and our, what we're doing. And then we got a lot of returning guys who played a lot of football, who played well. You know, even though we lost our two safeties, we still got guys like uh, Javon Morgan and Lovey Jenkins. And we got, you know, who played a lot of football, man, made a lot of plays. I think they were both for our leading uh, interception guys on the team. And, and, you know, they were either part-time starters or nickelbacks. So, so um, we can afford to be strategic. We don't need a flash. Uh, we, we own a good course. We got a good core of people, uh, kids, right? Uh, and, 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 you know, I, like I said, I just trust this staff and I want us to be strategic guys who fit the locker room, who fit the culture, who want to be at FAMU. Now, the only one we really lost and we hadn't talked about it yet was please. Local kid. Uh, he, yeah. and down, it was between us and Jackson State. Uh, he was supposed to announce initially uh, Sunday, and that didn't happen. And I guess that's kind of was a sign there. Uh, and ultimately, he, uh, he's going to Jackson State. Which kid? Well, you know, he, you know, except for when he play us, and uh, and you know that it, it is what it is. He, you know, we got Isaiah Land coming back, and and most of our, our speed rushes coming back. So you know. You know, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe he just wanted to be from be away from home. Uh, but you know, um, like I say, you don't get them all. So it did I seem like, uh, please, it did seem like, uh, you know, the fact that he's from Tallahassee, he originally went to Southern Miss. So, given the chance to either stay out in Mississippi or come home, I guess we shouldn't be surprised he chose to go the Mississippi in the first place really probably shouldn't be surprised that he chose to stay in Mississippi instead of coming back home. I, I guess, you know, we probably shouldn't be surprised about that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, uh, Kelvin, in terms of uh, my thoughts about play. I wasn't going to mention him, but since you did, it is what it is. Um, Marcus, what's it look like from what you're seeing? A lot of, a lot of good comments from the people that I'm seeing on uh, YouTube. Not, not worried. Uh, very similar to what you were saying, Kofi and Kelvin, uh, you know, we'll be okay. What What are you seeing, Marcus? Anybody panicking out there in Rattler Nation? Why would we yeah, panic? I've seen a couple like, what are we doing? I'm just, I'm just asking but... the question because we, you know, that look, we're, 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 I'm just putting it out there because it's one of those things. Jackson State's, we understand that's a key rival. They're taking up a lot of the attention and news today, this week. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, there, there are people who panic. There are fans. Fan is short for fanatic. So I, that's the only reason I put that out there. So go ahead, Marcus. 
Yeah, there's a couple like, okay, we got to step our game up, which we know we have to do, you know, kind of alluding to my little allegory late earlier about Jaws and we got to get a bigger boat. But like uh, Kelvin said, even last year, Coach Simmons takes a slow and steady approach as it relates to that, making sure we have a locker room fit, that there's a fit in terms of uh, need and talent level and that the culture is developed right. And if there's a cultural fit as well as a talent, talent fulfillment. And so I'm not really worried. And that's kind of even last week uh, when I mentioned maybe one or two and even, you know, I got blown up at one or two on early signing day. And then, you know, coming back hard for uh, February, we kind of did the same thing the last couple of years where we had some folks give interest or even make commitments from high school kids. But then come signing day, we got some three-star recruits that at least, you know, from my observations, weren't on the radar. Maybe they're always being spoken to or recruited behind the scenes, but we have some three stars on the D line at DB who are straight out of high school that may or may not have been on our initial radar, but after post initial early signing day, some folks from some O linemen from the last two years, perhaps found themselves um, holding the bag and we were there to pick up the pieces. So I'm expecting more of the same on top of renewed interest from some uh, high profile and high, highly talented transfers. So we shouldn't be worried. Sky's not falling. All right. Um, hey, uh, real. Never mind. Keep going. Yeah. I'll text you. Uh, I, I wanted to make a mention here before we kind of get into the next recruiter talking about the next group. Got to give some love to the guys who uh, were selected, and I got to find it, yeah, uh, 2021 Box to Row All-Americans. We had six players, FAMU football players, make that All-American team, which I think was the most of any school, or we tied the most with any school. Uh, running back Bishop Bonnet, offensive lineman Keenan Forbes, linebacker Isaiah Land, defensive back Marquise Bell, defensive back B.J. Bowler, and punter kicker Jose Romo Martinez. Congratulations to all those guys. Now All-Americans, considered uh, 2021 Box to Row All-Americans. So congratulations to those. And again, uh, it should be noted that Isaiah is one of the three finalists for the FCS Defensive Player of the Year and very likely – very likely will be, I, I think, will be the uh, selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Brian, another. Number one. There's going to be some hot. Go ahead. Well, I saw something on social media uh, from one of our, our dear friends at the North Dakota State Bison unofficial Twitter account. I guess it's a fan account talking about that, uh, I guess, Coach Sanders. And and you're seeing a lot of people, true colors come out this week between Prime getting, Coach Prime getting the FCS Coach of the Year Award, his son getting the Freshman of the Year, all of the awards having been named after HBCU um, Hall of Famers, by the way. And you're seeing people, real colors coming out the same way folks started reacting about Travis Hunter's it's like, well, you're playing an inferior league. You got a, your freshman quarterback throws 3,000 yards. Of course, he's throwing 3,000 against the SWAC. Well, they're earning what they, they like Coach, Coach um, Simmons says, you get what you deserve. And these players are deserving. 
And perhaps they should wake up to the talent level that we have in the SWAC and the MEAC and recognize that instead of taking for granted that it's always going to be someone from one of those other PWIs and FCS to get the award. The yeah, talent. Let me say I, this. I, let me say this. Um, the talent level at HBCUs, for the most for the most part, if you look just across, um, Florida, South Carolina State has sent several players to the pros. Um, they've got more Hall of Famers than the <laughs> University of South Carolina and Clemson. Jackson State is the only school in the state of Mississippi. Well, I'm sorry, I won't say only because Alcorn has. But Jackson State has more Hall of Famers than Ole Miss and Mississippi State. FAMU was winning national titles before Florida State was even thought of. So this is not new to, we're not new to success. Um, I will say the perception, though, is is that we play an inferior brand of ball. Um, you know, which is all the more reason why we need to schedule these schools and we need to beat them. Amen. That's how you shut Amen. the mouths of, of the crazy people. North Carolina A&T beat Jacksonville State. Florida State did not beat Jacksonville State. So there you have yeah. it. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Well, I agree with you 100% on that on that take uh, right there. Uh, I wanted to get to one of the one of the uh, next recruits there, Marcus. Uh, let's talk about uh, Dre Jones, defensive lineman, 6'4", 277. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, the transfer from Albaline Christian. Uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, Dre, if you would. Um, looks to be a pretty good physical specimen. Once again, he's from Georgia. I don't think it's from the Metro Atlanta area, but he's from Georgia. And, and he started out, um, at different areas and came, you know, ended up at Abilene Christian and looks like he had a, a good year, you know, and, and doing, uh, some of the, some work with Abilene Christian and started looking for, you know, just more opportunities. So he jumped in the portal. Uh, not too long ago. So I'm expecting him. Incoming message. Expecting, expect, expecting him to do well you know, in the rotation for the D-line and just add more to the dark cloud defense. Yeah, he, um, I guess, went to, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the high school here. Um, Manchester High School in Georgia. Manchester High School in Georgia. Uh, which uh, I guess by your notes is a class A public school. His senior year, they went to the regional finals uh, in the GHSA. Uh, so uh, how many, and let's see, uh, how many years does he have? What, what's the what's the clock look like on uh, Mr. Jones? Uh, let me double check. I think he is 2018 as well. I'll double check that. Uh, Okay. But I think he has a couple years left. And, you know, I'm still trying to work through the COVID year type thing to understand really how much eligibility some of our players have. But I think he's around that area. Okay. Um, You also mentioned, uh, you mentioned TJ uh, Demas, an offensive lineman, 
from Clearwater Central Catholic High School. Uh, coming out of high school, his school went to the uh, regional finals, Class 3A in Florida. Uh, Coach Spady was the lead recruiter uh, for him. He's 6'2", 300. And uh, I'll finish off the other two offensive linemen and another linebacker. We'll talk about those guys on the other side here, but uh, we'll we'll go through those guys as we kind of just kind of recap a little bit of the recruiting class on early signing day, and then maybe pinpoint some guys that we're looking that you're looking at and seeing. Okay, what might what might be? Because obviously this period ends Friday. You said Kelvin, it ends Friday, so uh, there could be a few more names that pop in over the next day or two. And then after that, you start looking at what next February, February twenty-two. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in a moment. This is the BCSN Pod Zone. Your place. For the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin? um can i get the now bar please one dollar have a good one you got it hey what's going on hey let me get a now bar sure one dollar appreciate you got it This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's like a loop machine.
real reason why I went after uh, Comcast and Charter. It didn't even have it didn't have anything to do with my cable networks. It didn't. What happened was uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network in partnership with the HBCUs, and Comcast did not accept it. And that would have made a lot of money for these black colleges. Absolutely. And it would have educated the Black College Sports Network. This is what he wanted to do. That would have educated a lot of black kids. And when they didn't do that, that's when I came off the bench and said, okay, I'm going to light you up like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Okay? That was the real reason why I got into it was when I saw what happened with the Black College Sports Network, which I don't know. I just knew that these black... <laughs> like that, right? I knew that these black colleges were going to benefit and these black kids were going to get the education that they deserved and not have to pay. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi joining us as he gets his uh, as he gets himself squared away there. Uh, one of the one of the family, uh, fellow Rattler, former NFL alum, Mr. Wally Williams. Wally Rattler, how you doing? Thank you for joining us this evening. Man, hey, thank y'all for being patient with me. It's been a hectic evening, so I, I appreciate you guys being patient with me and allowing me to come on, man. This is, this is a great opportunity, a good time. Always a good time to be with family. All right, definitely. Thank you for taking time to come talk to us. Uh, for those who may not know or remember, Wally came out of FAMU in 1993. Uh, that was right when I was coming on the yard. So, I, you know, I got to see you kind of dominate that last year you were there. Uh, last uh, two years there because I actually came in in 92, so two seasons. And then, uh, of course, you had a 10-year career, 10 or 11-year career in the NFL with the Browns, Ravens, and the uh, New Orleans Saints. So that just yes. gives people a little background if you if you may not have known. Um, National Signing Day, Wally, what are, what are some of your memories and uh, – You've gone through this not only as a player but as a parent. What are some of what are some of your memories of National Signing Day? Uh, you know, good, good and bad for me. Uh, good and bad. Uh, here's the good part. The good part is that I signed with Florida A&M University and ended up playing my four years of clean football, collegiate football there, and, and and having a great experience at the university. Uh, but it was also controversial uh, because for me personally. I was uh, actually being recruited by Florida State and other universities and uh, fell into a numbers crunch uh, from a Division One standpoint. So uh, during that time, you know, FAMU was a place where you had a lot of D1 uh, talent that was able to come to the university and do quite well. Um, we didn't have the Florida Atlantics and Florida Internationals and North Florida and all these other schools that have popped up since then. So if you didn't go to the big three, Florida, Florida State, or University of Miami, uh, you basically came to FAMU. And we uh, we had a lot of athletes on our roster during that time that had that that, was that caliber athletes. And, uh, of course, a lot of those guys that played with me uh, had some careers in the NFL as well. So uh, 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 a little bit of sweet, but uh, ultimately I made the right decision. 
right, definitely. And, and you know, you're as a Tallahassee native. Um, how has the perception, or you know, been maybe has it changed among uh, recruits from your time when you were being recruited to FAMU to what you see from recruits now? What's the perception of FAMU and do local recruits in the Big Ben area, even Tallahassee, do they do they do they find FAMU as a as a school and a place that hey, this is where I can go on and go to the next level? I'm trying to get my camera straight here, so grab me with this, man. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm dealing it's with all this right. right on mess up stuff right here. So. Uh, you know, the, the landscape of this area, I, I think, has changed significantly. Um, and, and we're trying to correct those things with developing our players and, and, and really getting, I believe, uh, a lot of our young athletes better opportunities, you know, here locally. Um, I, I've only been back in this area for a couple of years after, you know, living in Arizona and living in Baltimore for a very long time. So the last couple of years have given me an opportunity to kind of dissect things and, and look at where I was, where it was when I left. And, of course, you know, see where it is now with, with my kids going through uh, a couple of programs here locally as well. So I, I think a lot of these young men have tremendous talent. You know, I think uh, we had actually talk about alumni and, and kids that are committed to universities. Uh, Robert Wilson's son, Raylan, is committed to, to Michigan. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that we've seen develop and go through the process here for a number of years. And, and I think at the collegiate level, uh, I think that's what we're missing uh, with some of our local talent kids. And I think, uh, you know, here at FAMU, I think we're moving in the right direction to start developing our players there and giving these giving our kids there an opportunity to actually have a legitimate uh, uh, future in athletics and become pe- professionals. Um, I think the university is a great academic place. We had many people come out of that university who have been uh, – uh, at the forefront of a, a lot of the educa- educational venues in the last about 10 years, but not in athletics. <laughs> okay, not in athletics. And I think that's something that has to change. And just the development on, on every level, from the high school level and the collegiate level, is going to pay dividends as we continue to move forward in that area. All right. Kelvin? While they talk about your particular story, I think it's a very interesting story of uh, post family you, your last year and, and the whole draft process and happened and you getting an opportunity in the league. I think uh, people need to hear that story. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, you know, my senior year, um, a lot of anticipation. Okay. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, of, of things building and wanting to have a very productive senior year and have an opportunity to play in the NFL. Uh, but it did not work out for me that way. Uh, it was very, uh, uh, very stressful. And uh, coming out of, um, at the end of that football season, there was not a lot of uh, pro scouts knocking on my door. Uh, definitely not as many as, as, as I uh, expected. Uh, you know, but I stayed vigilant with my, my workout and my conditioning and, and all these things. And pretty much time had passed me by. And I was ready to enroll back in school because uh, I'd taken the semester off to totally train and, and, and get an agent and see how these things were going to go. And just none of those things manifest for me at all. Um, the scouts, there were some scouts that came out there doing spring practice, and they were actually looking at Terry Mickens because me and T. Mick were, of course, freshman brothers and came in the same year. But because I was not redshirted and started as a freshman, 
uh, I left a, a year earlier uh, than my class. So they were looking at Terry Mickens, a scout from the Browns and a scout from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. We're looking at him. And I just asked him in almost a uh, sign of desperation to say, hey, um, look, uh, you know, I'm a senior here. Um, you know, I dropped out of school here to try this. And if I don't get this right, then I'm going to hear it from my parents, okay, because they are upset <laughs> with this uh, decision. So I need to make this work, you know, one either way. So could you give me a workout here and tell me if I have an opportunity to play? And um, and and that's pretty much how it was. They 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 were so they were gracious enough to give me an opportunity after practice. I worked out for them, and um, I want to say if I did that workout on Monday uh, with the team and with them looking, I got a call that Wednesday from the Browns' offensive line coach, who was Kirk Ferentz, who's the head coach at Iowa right now, and uh, hmm. he called me. He came down for a workout that Wednesday. I worked out for him Wednesday, and I was in a meeting meeting with Belichick and staff that Friday for in Cleveland for a physical. Okay, I did that physical in Cleveland. I got a call from Kansas City while in Cleveland, and Kansas City wanted to fly me in that Saturday for a physical in Kansas City. So I went from Belichick to meeting Marty Schottenheimer and that staff, and I was back home Sunday, and I came back, came home that Sunday and said, I don't know what just happened. I, I don't know what just happened, but that was pretty much it. Draft day came around. I got a call from the Browns. They wanted to bring me as an undrafted free agent and pay me like a seventh-round draft pick because they did not have a seventh-round draft pick. And uh, that was Bill Belichick's staff and 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 that whole deal with, uh, with Saban and all those guys that came out of Cleveland at that particular time and and that was pretty much it. That was it. I, you know, I did not have people knocking down my door at the end of my career. It, it came in the last maybe two weeks before the draft, and uh, and I ended up being a Cleveland Brown. Nice, nice, Kofi. Man, you are you have got to be one of the hardest working men. That I know, man. I mean, it's like you the ever shrinking Wally, bro. Like, what is going on, bro? Like, you putting us all to shame, bro. Like, you didn't got extra fine and stuff since we, you know, since like last summer. There's what is going on with this weight loss thing, man. You got to tell us what to do so we can be, you know, we can bring the sexy back. Well, you, you know, you know, look, I, I, I for those who don't know, during my playing days, you know, when I played for the Saints, and actually I played, uh, uh, you know, FAMU, I weighed about 315. And I maintained that weight throughout my entire career. Played in the NFL about 320, 325, and there. So I've been 315, 320 uh, for the last, what, 25 odd years. And, and now I've lost about 60 pounds, so I'm down to the 245, right in there, 250. And, um, Look, it, it was a. It's one of those things that probably we don't talk about enough, and you know we, we have. I've had a lot of friends pass away here playing, uh, being athletes, and you talk about concussions and and all these things that come up. But just in general, every day keeping your body fit, and this is no joke, guys. I, I wouldn't gave myself a birthday present at the age of fifty uh, when I turned in February and got a physical evaluation. I got my blood pressure checked, cholesterol, all these things checked out, and. You know, they were not favorable uh, results. And they told me I had to change my diet. Um, 
all these things that will, will help me, uh, you know, physically and moving forward. And, and then I changed my eating habits, you know, totally. And I didn't go straight Cato, but I was in the ballpark and um, uh, developed a, uh, just a routine and stayed with it. And, you know, my kids, you know, I'm running around with these kids all day and, you know, coaching and doing camps and, and doing individual workouts. And they keep me, they keep me fresh. So a combination of those things. But the main thing was, was changing that diet and, um, and, and staying, sticking with it for an extended amount of time. So uh, feeling real good. Uh, feeling real good about myself physically and mentally. And I'm definitely feeling good right now when I'm able to help these young men. That is my main focus after doing a lot of NFL stuff. Uh, hey, you know, Kofi, I was in the, the TV booth for about 15 years then between uh, in, in between retirement and kind of where I am now. Still do some things up in Maryland and television and, and radio there. So uh, this gives me an opportunity to get back kind of the ground zero, uh, work with kids, work in the mentorship area and, uh, and have some fulfillment there. Because this is what I really, really enjoy doing, uh, training these young men and uh, mentoring them about their careers and, and, and what's ahead of them, what they have to look forward to, because these high school kids now, man, as we know, they're coming pros early, <laughs> okay? They're becoming pros right out of high school, and uh, I try to give them, give them the most guidance that I possibly can. So, real quick, I wanted to ask you this, you know, just because um, there was a real big deal, obviously, with the Grand Lakes football team, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago with uh, how the players went and they really went ham in on the athletics and, you know, uh, I want to say the people because they came down to FAMU and they blamed their loss on them eating Rice Krispies and um, Fruit Loops and stuff for breakfast, um, <laughs> which, of course, <laughs> I kind of I kind of understand, but, you know, I at the same time, that got <laughs> at the same time, though, um, when people were like, you know, what's going on with the president? Because people were going after the president. For me, I was like, well, where is they freaking alumni? You know what I'm saying? Just from the standpoint that Grambling has a large alumni network of former players and former professional athletes that have the money to make sure that that team never wants for anything, man. So, I know that you and uh, uh, the Rattler football team alums have been on the grind. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that group and uh, what you all have going to help support as a direct support organization to help the family football team get to the next level? Yes, yes. That's, I'm, I'm glad you helped me with that, man. Uh, we we uh, uh, it's been in in in, in, in um, it's been going for about a year now. Uh, we started the uh, the football chapter, FAMU football chapter. And our mission is to, first of all, galvanize our football communities. You know, we uh, all know about the historic teams of the 70s and, 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 and Rudy Hubbard and how they won uh, a national championship back then. But a lot of people don't know about uh, uh, what has happened since then. Uh, the young men we've had come through FAMU, uh, uh, since then and, and prior to that national championship. So our organization is really built fundamentally first on galvanizing our football community so players like me have the opportunity to, re to meet the Ray Alexanders, the Albert Chesters, you know, the people that we saw as kids growing up here that laid the foundation for us to come through the program. And, of course, meet the Jacques Nunnally's and all these guys that came after us that I never met, 
you know, during my time. So it's to bring all the groups together to, to develop that kind of uh, a resource for us. Now, in the process of this, you're exactly right. We're raising money for our football team and athletics. That's it. We want to see our program grow. And if we have to do that ourselves and have our money spent on things that we deem necessary for the program to have, uh, that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, we, you know, Coach Simmons and everybody's on board with this. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Gaucher is on, everybody, AD is on board with this. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we have been uh, making as many strides as we possibly can just to help out the program and give them those little things that you just mentioned that a lot of programs have, a lot of Division One programs have. Uh, development within muscle milk and, and, and some of the things that we can provide for these kids to give them the opportunity to just be on the same level as our competitors. Uh, whatever kind of equipment, whatever kind of uh, ties, whether it be jackets, whatever we can contribute to do, uh, that's what we're going to try to spearhead and do. And uh, we were able to do a couple of things this year, uh, you know, getting into muscle milk and, and, and some of the things that they just need on a consistent basis to be able to compete and perform, to keep their bodies uh, in shape. Uh, we worked diligently on that as a group this year. So next year we're going to have another um, uh, thing that we're going to get together and come up with and Hopefully next year is a bigger contribution from our uh, FAMU players, FAMU staff, you know, everybody that's involved who wants to be a part of the alumni chapter, the football alumni chapter. And uh, we can continue to have our program grow because this is all about our players' development. This is how we need to stay uh, parallel with the other universities and also try to set our mark as well by being at the forefront of developing our athletes and HBCUs. Absolutely. Cool. Hey, that that's an that's an awesome uh, thing you're going on that you have going on there, and uh, I I want you to feel like whether it's through Kofi or any of us, let us know anytime you guys are doing something, please let us know. We will I we will gladly promote it, however we can do it. And we need to bring on some people and uh, do a video uh, show or whatever we need to do, man. Because I tell you. There's a lot of us uh, fans, alums, who, you know, we we appreciated the sweat and sacrifice that you guys put forth for the program representing our university. So, you know, anything we can do to help uh, the next generation and, and just the history, man. I mean, because there's still some uncovered history. Like, for example, and where it's going to kind of transition me to where I was going to talk to you about, you know, obviously mm -hmm. today – the big news in recruiting, uh, the young man who was committed to Florida State flipped, going to Jackson State. And, you know, all of a sudden it brings up the topic of HBCUs. You know, uh, ESPN sent a tweet out that said, who's your favorite H HBCU athlete? It's like, what? I've never – think about the last time you've seen ESPN tweet out anything related to an H just a general HBCU question, right? So uh – -huh. You know, right. we, we we just name off a bunch of names. I mean, we just start throwing out names left and right, going back as far as we can remember. But that history uh, is what we want to continue to share. And there's so many great stories. And oh, we got people like Alvin Hollins who can tell the stories. But you guys as players, I mean, you guys can tell the story better than anybody and, and give, us a, give us an angle that we don't always get. What's your what's your take I, on 
what we saw today with the young man deciding to go to an HBCU. Number one recruit deciding to flip to an HBCU. What, what's your take on that, your thoughts when you saw that news come out? Well, it's, it's great for the landscape of uh, HBCU football. You know, we're dealing with a different time. You're dealing with a different uh, 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 set of kids who, you know, they are enamored by the glitz and glamour of uniforms and everything like this and, and, and star ratings and, you know, the number one eighth grade in the country and all these things that are going on with these kids nowadays that, you know, we just did not have and we were making these kind of decisions and trying to, to set up our opportunities uh, at the next level. Um, you got ESPN, that major media market where, you know, like I said, these high school kids, they are getting marketing packages like professionals. And they are put out there to bring a lot of money into universities. That's the business of what uh, these recruits are in the five-star systems and, and what we've seen, you know, this, this thing grow into. So what does it mean for, for HBCUs? I think it means a lot that a kid of his caliber is going to Jackson State, and especially with flipping from Florida, just the more theatrics, you know, him taking a guy from his alma mater and send him over there. So I, I think from from a visual standpoint, and I think from a marketing standpoint, it, it's going to pay tremendous dividends. Now, here's what I caution. Okay, here's my caution, my red flag. All right. In my time, and what I've seen with college football, this is not the first time this has happened. Okay? okay. As a matter of fact, during my times of playing college football, okay, and I'm talking like an old guy now, we had more ex-professional athletes that was coaching at their alma maters, Hall of Famers as well. For every Ken Riley, there's a Larry Little. Okay? Hall of Famer as well at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, for every Larry Little, there's a Steve Wilson, who was at Howard at this same time. Okay, for every Steve Wilson, there's a Doug Williams at Gramlin. All these guys were coaching at these universities about the, round, uh, about the same time. I think Doug came right after uh, Coach Robinson. So we've had an influx of coaches, and I may be missing some more, but those were the superstar high-level coaches, I mean players, that came from the NFL that went back to their alma maters and coached. Did that bring immediate revenue to the universities? No, it didn't. Did any one of these HBCUs put together a program to go Division One? No, it did not. So I caution that from that standpoint, and I say if we are going to make that move to go Division One or to be competitive, then fundamentally, Old primetime, he's opening up everybody's eyes. He's really bringing it to the forefront of how to build your marketing schemes and your athletic program at the same time and make it a brand individually. He's doing that. That's the way he's supposed to do it. So we see if it reaps those dividends and build that program up. Right now, they got all the hype. Y'all know that. I give it up. They got all the hype. So we'll see where it goes from here. Calvin, get the last word in there with Wally. Well, I want you to kind of talk about, I know the kids and your coach at the high school. You got a good reference point from today's player, mentally, physically, emotionally versus uh, your day. I want you to kind of talk about the transition from high school to college 
as the mindset is of the day and, and what you see the biggest difference is uh, with that? Well, you know, I've been very, very fortunate. I've been very fortunate where, you know, I have a training, you know, company, Williams Training Systems, and I get to train kids individually who actually render the same thought process that I render, you know, as a coach. Uh, coaching in Gaston County and spending time out there, uh, those were guys came to work and, and came to practice every day. They reminded me of myself. You know, they were fighting for something, and they took their, their trade serious to, to make their situations better. So, uh, so far, I've been very fortunate to deal with kids here, uh, at, at whether it be Gaston County. Uh, my son was at Florida High last year. Uh, good group of kids over there that I actually train right now. And <laughs> that's why I was a little late today, guys. I got on my Cleveland Browns gear. Uh, sorry about that. Got on my Cleveland Brown gear and uh, and, and and was in the uh, the gym today with my kids from Florida. I'm trying to show you my shirt, my Cleveland Brown shirt. So I was running late today. Kofi, it's my fault. It's all my fault. All right, because I was with my kids today. And uh, and these kids work hard. You know, a couple of kids I train at FAMU uh, who come in that gym and work hard with me every day. And they are focused. They understand social media. They understand how to promote themselves to a certain extent. So I would say they have more of a business mind about athletics than I ever had at their age. I just wanted to play and knock people out. I didn't know it would take me as far as it took me uh, from a fundamental standpoint. Uh, the, these kids know the landscape of what they're able to do and able to uh, uh, put together. Uh, but like I said, the guys I've been fortunate to work with understand the work ethic that it takes uh, to get there or the work ethic that is needed to at least give you an opportunity. And they take that very seriously and they show up to me and they show up to practice and work hard every day. Well said. Hey, Wally, uh, I want to give you a moment to to go again and uh, plug your, your company or just whatever else you're doing. Let Rattler Nation know how they can find you, how they can support you. Heck, and they even got some kids where they can send them to. Go ahead. I, I give this time to you. Yeah, this for the parents out there who think that this for the parents and the kids that think that offensive line is not a sexy position. Okay. In the last 10 years, there have been an average of 10 offensive linemen drafted in the first round every year, more so than running backs. So I am at uh, Titus. Uh, Jim, uh, every day, pretty much, but on on Sundays and and, uh, and and Wednesdays are our major workout days. And my company is Williams Training Systems. We train offensive, defensive lines. So I don't want to bring, I don't want to see your wide receivers. I don't want to see your running backs and your tight ends. I don't want to see your quarterbacks. I want to see the big boys. Okay, the big boys who want to work, who want to get stronger, who want to get better and learn some uh, some skill sets there, some position things there that they can incorporate in their game and become better all-around players and student-athletes. So, uh, And you better come in there to work because I don't have problems sending kids home either. I will cut you if you don't come in there to work. <laughs> okay? So, so that's a good time. Uh, we have a lot of kids that work very hard, and uh, we, we, we do a good job of, of, of teaching and, and making sure they, they get the results that they are, they're looking for. I, I needed a I needed a, a guy like I needed a place like you when I was in sixth grade, uh, a little short stubby kid <laughs> that had nowhere to go. 
I had to turn the basketball and get cut. Uh, but I needed to. I needed somewhere to go, like Williams Training Center when I was in sixth, seventh grade. Wally, I'm, I would have made something of my life. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got a? Hey, is there a is there a phone number or a Twitter handle? How can you want anything you want to give out? Phone number, or Twitter handle. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, Wally Williams six three. Uh, I give you my direct phone number. I ain't scared. My number is 850-339-6043. Call me directly. I answer my phone, okay? So if you want to bring your kid out there, uh, look, it's a good workout. It's a good time. You're amongst uh, other offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So the opportunity to learn and to get information from each other is invaluable as well. And, of course, you'll probably see each other in competition around the city. So it's a good time. We have a lot of fun. It's all good competitive work, and our kids, uh, they get better. They're, they're good kids. Okay. Uh, again, that's Bubba at Wally, Wally Williams 6'3", at Wally Williams 6'3". That's where you can reach him. And uh, go back, you know, make sure to reach him out. Uh, and, and go see your guy. I love the fact there's an offensive, defensive line. I can't even I can't even tell you my excitement <laughs> about that. Um, you just don't understand. Oh, we we'll have fun, off. man. We, we, yeah, hey, we'll we talk have off fun. air, man. We'll talk off air, man. I'm right. feeling neglected. My childhood's being neglected. Uh, anyway, but hey, thank you, brother. Thank you, Rattler. <laughs> and uh, anytime we can promote anything you got going on, and especially that uh, FAMU football alumni chapter, you let us know and we got you, all right? I sure will, right. man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. We'll all be right. back after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Let's go. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. 
Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Shop Melbourne Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melbourne Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvettboutique.com. That's www.m-e-l-b-e-t-b-o-u-t-i-q-u-e.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melbourne Online Women's Boutique. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, Marcus Green joining us again. Um, let's, uh, while we, hopefully, we're still trying to see if Coach Simmons will have an opportunity to join us. Uh, if not, you know, one of the things we may end up doing is we may try to set up a uh, kind of a post-conversation thing with Coach Simmons. So it may air as a one-off from our normal show if we're unable to get to him tonight, obviously we knew it would be a busy night for him uh, with team obligations, family obligations. So 
if it doesn't happen, uh, you know, it, it, it's just life. But we'll we'll get it. We'll get him. We'll, I know we'll get a chance to talk to him. Marcus, let's go back into the last of the uh, three recruits that we have officially signed. Let's start with uh, Isaiah Major. Yes. Now he came out of, uh, he's out of Mississippi. So we're, we're expanding our reach. I mean, we've had guys from Mississippi before, but uh, this is a, a good opportunity to kind of take advantage of the notoriety. Um, he's out of a Juco in uh, Mississippi. He's actually originally from Mississippi, played his high school ball there and you know had a pretty good career based on the research that I did. And he ended up there at, um, at his particular school, and we reached out, I want to say within the last two weeks, there's been a lot of activity since the end of the season or, you know, the last few weeks, the um, Florida Classic week, and then after the playoffs. And we've been offering quite a few people, and he's one of the ones that we offered probably within the last two to three weeks. He uh, played at Independence uh, Community College, actually out in Kansas, my mistake, uh, versus um, – Mississippi, and he's from Oklahoma, so I'm getting mixed up with somebody else. But he's out of Oklahoma. I had a good career at Millwood High School, uh, Independence Community College in Kansas. Uh, didn't come out rated at the time, I don't think, uh, super, super high, but he's shown uh, great uh, agility and playmaking and ability at the JUCO level. So look forward to seeing him, and that'll be a good, uh, good talent to bring in because we are losing our two senior linebackers, uh, and Derek Mayweather, and um, gosh, the other gentleman, I can't think of his name uh, right Darius now. Fagan. Yeah, Darius Fagan, thank you. So we're losing those two. We still have some talent on, on, on the roster, but you know, just making sure we continue to fill up the pipeline. Uh, hey, what, what are, are they, they have rankings coming out of uh, JUCOs at this time of the year, correct? They do. Where, where do, I mean, is there any significant ranking there with major? Um, and uh, then I, I think the other JUCO that you were kind of getting him maybe mixed up with was Jalen Armstrong, who is from uh, Mississippi JUCO. Yes, and actually they do. And I believe he was rated in one of the top 100 of the junior college players by 24-7. Uh, there were some other folks that we offered who were, you know, across the whole 100. I have to find exactly what number he was rated, but he was one of the top-rated junior college players for this recruiting class. So we did did um, did score some points there. So that worked out pretty well. And then uh, Jalen Armstrong, uh, an offensive lineman, uh, Juco, Juco in Mississippi from uh, Wesson or no Chipola Lincoln. Yes. So, you know, he brings, he brings some beef and experience uh, to, to the offensive line. Once again, replenishing an area where we're losing a lot of senior leadership and a lot of talent. And so, you know, it's just, you know, a good uh, to bring in that experience and if he's the player that I remember, I think he came back. Uh, he could use his COVID year to stay another year at the JUCO. And so he has tons of experience. He was a well-thought-of player and brought a lot of talent and, and acumen to the offensive line there. 
And so the expectation, I would guess, is that he would do the same uh, for FAMU. And the last offensive line. Go back to Isaiah. I'm sorry, going back to Isaiah, the linebacker that we signed, he was rated the 91st college player for this class. Okay. By 24-7 rankings. Okay, the last recruit. Darian Whedon, 6'3", 320, another offensive lineman. So he's the third of our three offensive linemen uh, that we brought in this year. Yes, yes. So he's a recruit out of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, played at Cisco College in Texas, another JUCO. And so we're bringing him in, uh, plenty of experience, great size. Uh, looks to have good feet. Looks like he had a, a great time during the official visit, and hopefully that's what solidified everything. So I believe that we're bringing in some talent and experience so that we can just keep the ball rolling, if you will, as it relates to offensive line play, making sure we have a steady ground game and sufficient uh, pass protection. And, you know, he goes about six three three twenty, so he's going to move some people. And so just watching him and have the expectations for him and being able to provide some talent and depth on the offensive line, you know, just like looks like uh, uh, Coach Simmons wants to keep things going with the emphasis on the run that we had this year. You know, we still want to be able to move the ball down the field, be able to pass, and be able to have an explosive offense. But if you compare the running game we had in 2019 to 2021, it's like a night and day turnaround. And that was a much, much uh, well-received uh, and positive uh, turnaround for uh, seeing the run game flourish like that after seeing it kind of get stifled and not really be as productive as we would have expected in 2019. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, again, just to recap, the recruits for FAMU that have already signed, uh, quarterback Jeremy Musa, 6'3", 225, transfer from Vanderbilt University. He's a quarterback. Defensive lineman, Dre Jones, 6'4", 277, uh, transfer from Abilene Christian University. Then we have linebacker, Isaiah Major, 6'2", 210. Juco transfer, went to Independence Community College out in Independence, Kansas. Uh, Then we had offensive lineman, uh, Jalen Armstrong, 6'2", 290, Juco uh, uh, Chipola. Chipola. Did I say that right? Not Chipola. Kapaya. Kapaya Lincoln. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. I don't know where I got Chipola from. or Chip- I don't know what There is a Chipola uh, Junior College. Yeah, that's what that's what I, maybe I was thinking of. Uh, Copia Lincoln Community College uh, in Wesson, Mississippi, places that I've never been and probably won't ever drive through. Offensive lineman, Darian Whedon. From uh, from Cisco College in uh, Cisco, Texas, and then the lone high school signee, offensive lineman T.J. Demas, six two three hundred from Clearwater Central Catholic High School. So uh, those are the six Rattlers already signed. We'll have a few more, I'm sure. Hopefully, in the days to come, we fell short of the ten uh, that I predicted, but uh, still a, a good haul and. Um, Always intriguing when you get a quarterback. Uh, so that, that's mm-hmm. what I think will be interesting for Rattler Nation. All right. 
there's a big game going on this weekend, fellas. Big game going on this Saturday. The wrap up to the college HBCU season celebration bowl. I believe this is celebration bowl six uh, between South Carolina State, Jackson State. Opened as a Jackson State with 11 points uh, favorite. I, I don't know what it's up to now, but uh, let's kind of go through a little game analysis and some predictions. Uh, Kelvin, we'll start with you. Game analysis and predictions. What do you expect? What do you? What's your outcome? When FAMU played South Carolina State early in the season at home and uh, beat them really good, uh, they were still a little banged up. Um, Shaq Davis was just coming back. He, you know, he was still not a hundred percent. And if, you know, I talked to, um, um, uh, a couple of their alumni and they are really confident that, that, you know, that they, 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 they're expecting to, to compete with, uh, Jackson state. Uh, they, they think they're the healthiest they have been. They have time to plan, you know, the, the game plan specific for this game. And, um, you know, South Carolina State always has talent. They they don't turn the ball over. They play special teams. They have the pieces to make this game competitive. The question that I have with this game is quarterback play. Can they have receivers? They have very good receivers, actually, um, starting receivers. And uh, they have a very capable backfield. My question is, can this quarterback – made plays against Jackson State defense, enough of them. I don't think they're going to be able to just line up and run at Jackson State. He's going to have to make some plays down the field, and that's what I want to see. Now, on the flip side, I do think South Carolina State defense is good enough. If you look at Jackson State and how they play offensively, they're kind of a big play team. Um they very seldom drive the ball, you know, 90 yards. It's usually a big play, a turnover, and so forth. So I'm interested to see South Carolina State is a team that usually don't beat themselves, and they play pretty clean. And they and, and they usually play special teams real well, so they, they get a block punt, uh, you know, uh, turnovers themselves, and they convert. So if South Carolina State can play a clean game, a typical game, and, and – bring a level of physicality, then I think this will be a close game. Uh, I, I cannot go against Jackson State, though. Um, I, I do predict them to win. But I don't don't be shocked if they win it in the fourth quarter, though, right? At least it creates some separation. Uh, I'm going to say a score of maybe 24-17, Jackson State. Hmm. Taking South Carolina State to cover. Um, South Carolina State fans must be feeling good because the number has dropped from 11 and a half down to almost 10, nine and a half in some places. So that's a lot of money coming in on South Carolina State. So a lot of a lot of South Carolina State money must be coming in in these offshore books uh, or wherever <laughs> people can uh, wager on these games. Uh, Kofi, what's your take on this game? Uh, I'm in agreement with Kelvin, man. I mean, Jackson State is the better team. Jackson State does have the most talent. Jackson State deserves 
to be favored in this game. All of that being said, sometimes the best team doesn't always win. All right? And Buddy Pugh has been around a long time. I remember uh, Buddy Pugh's first game against FAMU where uh, Casey Printers was our QB. And the years prior to, I mean, we had scored 80 points on South Carolina State, 70 points on South Carolina State. Um, then it came, you know, Willie Jeffries last year, we I think it was in the 20s. The next year, you know, we're like, okay, we're playing South Carolina State. Yeah, this is going to be another W, blah, blah, blah. And they came up in the brag, and it was 36 to like 13. They killed us. And from that point on, it was like 15 straight, 15 straight beatdowns at the hands of Buddy Pugh. Um, I've seen him. He knows how to win football games. He knows what this team needs to do to be in the best possible position to win. I mean, even if you look at the Alabama A&M game from the spring coming up to the fall, it was two totally different games. Um and then blew them out in the spring in Orangeburg. And uh, Huntsville was a one-point game. Now, again, he understands what they need to do. Buddy Pew Ball is clean. It's special teams. It's physicality. It's running the football. They cannot have their quarterback come out there and throw 55 times a game. If that happens, that's that's not going to be a winning formula for South Carolina State at all. Um, that's going to definitely play. That being said, he understands what he needs to do. And, you know, uh, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting defensive matchup for Shadur. Um, Southern D Shadur up pretty good and was able to get a few turnovers from him. So I would not be shocked. These guys are going to be coming out. It's like, you know, it's not like college athletes with a us, of this, us against the world mentality. You know, we've seen it time and time again. And we saw it even this year at the Swack Miak Challenge. I mean, most people thought that Alcorn was just going to go in and just run roughshod over North Carolina Central, but it did not happen. So please understand, South Carolina State is going to be ready. They're not going to lay down for Jackson State. Jackson State's going to have to earn this W. So I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say ideally if things go as planned, it'll be 31-17 Jackson State. But I will say Jackson State does not have a strong kicking game, and I would not be surprised if the score is somehow 24 24-14 or 24-21 South Carolina State. Hmm. So all did you right, right. think both teams win? <laughs> yeah, I had to cover. I did, wanted to give a scenario whereby South Carolina like, State could pull the upset. I had to put it out there, you know. But if I had to lay my life down for a victory, I'm not betting it on South Carolina State to win this game. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, like you said, it's football. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Marcus, what's your what's your take? Well, I agree with both um, Kelvin and Kofi. You know, South Carolina State, the team that we're accustomed to, fundamental football, strong defense, usually run the ball. 
I'm not sure. I know that the quarterback, I don't know what the status is, if he's in there, but the guy who came out two years ago when we played them in um, South Carolina, I mean, that That's dude, he, Corey, Field, Corey Fields, he came out yeah. like gangbusters. Now, I don't know if he's still at that same level or if he's just kind of plateaued. My big probably be the office understand how it's going to match up if they have to score point for point and if and if they happen not to play as a game and they turn it over or give up a special teams you know if that's going to start some some snowball effect because you can see how the momentum once a jackson state gets it it starts rolling especially if the crowd is 50 50 or more for jackson state uh i do think you know i guess the the word all season, I guess, is that the run defense for Jackson State may not be as strong or, or the run game and maybe the run defense may not be as suitable, you know, for all the opponents that they had. So well, it'll be interesting to see in terms of uh, South Carolina State's defense gearing up and stopping Jay State's offense and what they how they attack their defense with all those those players who have well-deserved accolades on the defensive side. So I'm going to go kind of like Kofi or something like 34, I'm going to say 34-20 Jackson State. And and if if they do pull this out as the favorite, I guess they're expected to, you know, we see that the last, I guess, six, all six of the Celebration Bowls, it's been majority MEAC, but this might turn the tide and see how that goes and, you know, start to swing things in the other direction. I think a SWAC might have one victory, and that was the one-point victory, Grambling over NC Central. Other than that, it's been it's been like a – almost like a one-school show, if you will, but, you know, it's been heavily on the MEAC side for the Ws. So I think this year is going to turn the tide. And, you know, Coach Dion going back to – going back to the ATL and all this groundswell of everything, I can't see him – not capping the cherry on top. Uh, I predicted a, uh, I think a 31-17 Jackson State win on Sunday. I'm not moving off of that. Uh, I will say, though, I think South Carolina State will surprise people with their ability to move the ball with the run. Corey Fields, uh, think about Texas Southern. For those of you, if you did not see Jackson State versus Texas Southern, I know that game was on JSU TV, so it may be hidden in a deep, dark corner of the interweb somewhere. But if you can find that game and see that game, I promise you, you will be, you will be, you might be a little surprised at what Texas Southern was able to do. And they really had one bad quarter. And really, I think that's the thing. If South Carolina State does not give up the one bad quarter. not going to turn the ball over like Texas Southern. Well, I, what I'm saying is the one – it's the one quarter. Look, Prairie View in the SWAT championship game, one quarter. Southern, one quarter. Texas Southern, one quarter. There's a trend. If you give up the one big quarter to Jackson State, you're going to get beat 31-17. If you don't do that, i.e. FAMU, uh, UL Monroe, you end up with a close ball game, whether it be one point, win, loss, Five, four points, you end up with a tight ball game if you don't give up the big quarter. So that's the key. If, like you said, Kofi, if South Carolina State doesn't give up the turnovers, 
They don't make the special teams error and give up a punt return or kickoff return. This will be a close game. And I, I would say go take those 10, take those 10 and a half points and go run real fast as far as you can and don't watch the game. But I, I'm I'm taking Jackson State. I'm I'm giving the nine and if it's nine and a half, I'm giving it. You know, if it gets to if it gets to thirteen, I'm not giving that. But I I'll give up to about maybe twelve. Uh, I won't give anything higher than that though. But I think Jackson State will find a way to win. In the end, it'll probably be back and forth. Uh, I, I'm looking for a good game though. I, I think I think uh, you're going to see Buddy Pugh really coach his tail off and. He may he may make Shador look like a freshman. I'm, I'm just going – just a thought. Just going to throw that out there. He may make Shador look like a true freshman that he is. And if so, that happens, that's not going to be good. You, you, when you play big games and championship games, they turn on turnovers. So if Shador turns yes. it over like three or, three or more times, South Carolina State's going to find a way to win this game. Yes. Yes, now, indeed. Let, yes, let me ask you this. What do you think the effect is going to be? Because Jay State just played the SWAG championship game last week. But South Carolina State's been off for a couple weeks. You think there's never bothered a MEAC? It's never bothered a MEAC team yet. I think if you give you're giving South Carolina State an opportunity to get healthy. Um, I will say in addition to that, they had an opportunity to watch Jackson State play on a number of occasions. While they've mm-hmm. been off, they've had an opportunity to scheme, devise what they're going to do, how they're going to approach it. What they will not be able to prepare for is the speed on defense that Jackson State plays with. That's just not mm-hmm. something that you just going to, you know, you can't simulate that in practice unless you're going against it on a daily basis. And that's the issue where I feel South Carolina State is going to have issues and problems you know, just really up front. But Buddy Pugh having watched tape, I'm sure there's going to be schematically schematic adjustments that they're going to uh, make in the run game because Texas Southern was very um, successful with the option play and plays to the outside. Uh, I want to say when they played, Southern University had strong running plays that worked against Jackson State. And, uh, fam, you had running plays against Jackson State that we uh, that we left on the table, <laughs> I want to say. We were three times inside the red zone and had opportunities to score and decided to throw the ball. So one of those things, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, uh, South Carolina State's not going to lay down for Jackson State. I hope people, you know, know that, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a game. So, Jack State blows them out, and obviously, I do think Jack State's a better team uh, from top to bottom. But as I stated before, sometimes a better team doesn't always win. Well said. Uh, that is a noon Eastern kickoff, eleven Central on ABC. So you guys make sure uh, tune in. Watch, uh, we are part of the SWAC now, so we, we have to sort of, uh, I guess we have to root for the SWAC. Is that how? Is that the rules? The devil is uh, a lie. I'm not rooting for Jackson State to do Jack. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not I just rooting for him. I am a neutral fan. Now, if somebody, if they were playing, you know, like a Florida State or something like that, 
or, you know, a PWI, I will be rooting for Jackson State. But for me, I'm not rooting for Jackson State to do jack. I need them Negroes to shut up. They've been talking just entirely too much. September cannot get here fast enough. So, Coach Simmons, if you out there and you watching me up here, I don't know what your best closing line is, but we got to get us some five stars around this peak. We got to get us some six stars. We got to get us some seven stars around this peak. I'm just, I'm cutting up. But anyway, we got to get us some, you know, Coach Simmons and them know what they're doing. I'm just playing around, people. I'm just playing around, just cutting full. But I'm not cheering for Jackson State, just for the record. I am not outwardly cheering for Jackson State. I would be phony. I'd be lying to y'all if I said, oh, because we in the sweat, I am not cheering for Jackson State. They are an official rival of ours. I could care less about their success. I want FAMU to be on the top. And when we're not playing in the game, I really could care less. And that's my heart. God bless you. Well, amen. <laughs> Well, there it is. Uh, that, that's how we feel. We wonder how the rest of the Rattler Nation feels. Uh, it'll be interesting to they watch. They ain't uh, for Jackson State. If they do, they lie. They just lie. I, through I, I, they do said not swag. want to Jackson I State win. Swag. I never said anything about Jackson State. I said we, cheer we know, for the we swag. We just got here to the swag. We ain't studying none of that stuff. <laughs> it's swag against, you know, uh, you know, maybe Southland. Yeah. You know, maybe OVC. Absolutely. Um, one of them other conferences. Yes. But right now, I ain't necessarily like I want to see Jackson State win this right. learning game. Like I want to see them win. I'm just I don't saying. want to see them. I don't want to see them win handily. <laughs> I, I want them to have to sweat that game out. Anyway, uh, thank you for out uh, you folks out there watching us. I did hear from Coach Simmons. He apologized for not being able to come on with us. Uh, he will look to try to join us. Uh, at another time, so we'll have to try to set that up and and get that all coordinated, so that way we can uh, kind of do a commentary of the early signing day with uh, with Coach. So thank you guys for stay uh, staying in with us. Uh, if you're watching us, wherever you're watching us, on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Make sure you uh, make sure you're plugged in. Subscribe to the Jericho Broadcast Networks via our app. You can find it on your Google, Apple Play Store. Go to MyJBN, MyBCSN. We're more than a YouTube show. We're everywhere. We're on MyBCSN.net. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Part of the Black College Sports Network is where you can find us. And uh, we want to thank Wally Williams for coming in and joining us. Marcus Green for taking his time, all the work that he does, and following the recruiting scene for FAMU. Um, and uh, we'll definitely continue to uh, – to share some of the stuff that Marcus puts out there for us uh, and for uh, my team, my guys, Kelvin, Kofi. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, our Rattler back in the uh, home studio producing. Drew, my partner on the other show, uh, BCSM Sports Rap. Appreciate you in the background. I'm Brian Fulford. Rattler Nation, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, be safe. Uh, that, that, Omicron Delta thing is out there floating around, making people nervous. So uh, be careful out there. I ain't nervous about no darn Omicron. I'm, I'm wash sick your of COVID. hands, cover your face, cough in your do armpit, that, whatever you got to do. Uh, be careful. All right. Uh, we'll be back again for another episode of the ONG Strike Zone. We are out. Peace out.